let's say you're accounting firm, you have 200 business clients for whom you do accounting. You may have 500 business tax clients for whom you do business tax returns every year. So now you take those total 700 businesses. Let's say each business has 20, 30, 40 vendors, mm -hmm. 50, 100 customers. Yeah. Now you start multiply 70, 700. <laughs> <laughs> right? Now you see your span of fact, uh, uh, right? And then you're also talking of people. You know, yeah. those 700 businesses times 40 vendors times 100 customers times, let's say, 10 uh, employees, <laughs> right? And their family. So your yeah. reach is exp expansive when you consider accountant or accounting firm to be the center of that universe. Yeah. And the PE firms are investing in that center of the universe. Yeah. It's called the network of network effects. Yep. And there's nobody better than exploiting that <laughs> other than these <laughs> capital and PE firms. Welcome to AFO Wealth Management Forward, a podcast about finance, accounting, technology, and entrepreneurship. We apply our decades worth of experience and insight into what makes businesses work so we can help others grow both personally and professionally. In this ever-evolving marketplace, we help accounting firms and financial advisors grow their practice through the adoption of holistic wealth management services. Learn from industry leaders and subject matter experts to unlock the secrets of their success a podcast that shows people and companies the transformative power of technology so they don't fear it, but instead harness it. Don't fight the robots, team up with them. And here are your hosts, Rory Henry, Director of Business Development and CEO Rob Santos of Arrowroot Family Office. Hello, everyone. Uh, today, I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm a big fan of his. He is the author of the best-selling book, Client Accounting Services, The Definitive Success Guide, He's the senior advisor and author at CPA Trendlines and was just named uh, again to the Accounting Today Top 100 Most Influential People for a sixth consecutive year. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest, Hatindra Patel. Hatindra, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rory, for having me here. And thank you for that kind introduction. Yeah, well, you did all the work there <laughs> and you continue <laughs> to do work. Mm -hmm. uh, for those that don't know who you are, can you kind of give us a background uh, of what you're doing and, and uh, you know, what's the latest and greatest going on in the profession here? Sure. So I've been uh, in the accounting related profession for almost 20 years now, working pretty much exclusively with accounting firms of all sizes in various capacities. And in the process, I kept gathering a lot of uh, insight into what's working and more importantly, what's not working. And I started kind of sharing the, those insights uh, with the profession and through writing and talking and webinars and podcasts and all that stuff. And uh, slowly but surely, people notice that I'm finding issues that many people uh, are not able to put their finger on. And I provide solutions to those and people started taking notice and that got me some visibility in the marketplace. I worked with the technology solutions company uh, that provided solutions exclusively to accounting firms. And uh, all of that gave me a background of uh, seeing this whole profession from a 360 degree view. Mm -hmm. And that uh, got me into writing more. Uh, my first book uh, is a trademark of mine called Account Tenure. Yes. Uh, that's the, the entrepreneur accountant, you know. And uh, then the second book came in last year on client accounting services, although it was three years in the making. And I pulled off a big research uh, along with CPA Trend Lines. I believe that's the largest ever 
cash research in the marketplace. And that got me uh, several insights that I covered a lot of them in the book. The book is uh, doing well, uh, touch wood, and has gone to 14 different countries across five different continents, coast to coast in the uh, United States. And that brings me even more accountants coming to me and asking me a few <laughs> things, which gives me more insight uh, that I can share. So it's a nice cycle going on there. It's a nice cycle. Yes. I mean, I just saw you were on accounting today. I think uh, they had a CAS 2.0. Uh, yeah. panel and mm-hmm. a discussion. So, you know, what first, can you kind of give our audience a background? What is CAS 2.0? I'm sure they're familiar with what CAS is, but uh, maybe touch on that and then talk about what CAS 2.0 is. Are you an accountant looking to generate more revenue and secure your future success as automation and artificial intelligence revolutionize the accounting profession? If so, contact us at AFO Wealth Management Forward. We specialize in helping accountants and advisors just like you build a custom brand to pinpoint your optimal clientele, generate highly qualified leads through our data-driven digital marketing, and execute wealth management growth services to bring more value to your firm and your client's life. Our strategic approach to branding, marketing, and wealth management is carefully tailored to attract ideal clients, increase customer retention rates, and cultivate lasting relationships with clients across generations. Visit WealthManagementForward.com to book your free consultation to find out how you can elevate your practice. Yeah, so let me go back a little uh, as to what client accounting services is. Yeah. EAS, uh, and that was a relatively newer term, say three, four years ago. And many accountants kind of asked, now, what are we doing that is different than CAS? Yeah. And the simple answer to that was, if your client is doing something that the client thinks is accounting, then you're not doing client's accounting. Uh-huh. So essentially, uh, with technology uh, going growing in leaps and bounds, uh, the uh, business owners don't really need those complex accounting softwares in their offices to run their businesses off. So you can have the software on the cloud and at the same time, a professional accountant can access. So you can work collaboratively one mile away or 10,000 miles away, it doesn't matter. And slowly, uh, which means the accounting work that a business had to do inside a business started shifting more and more towards accountants. So that means a lot of input equal to output, uh, you know, typical financial statements and things like like that reports that came to accountants more and more uh, automations integrations kind of you know made it more efficient more profitable for accounting firms and then we talk about cas 2.0 which is now that technology is even more uh, automated integrated intelligent uh, the work volume of data management seems to be taken care of more by technology than by people. In that case, what do accountants do? And that's the whole purpose of CAS 2.0. So uh, with more and more automation, uh, integrations, intelligence you know, it buried inside technology, more work uh, started getting automatically done by technology itself. So what do accountants do in that case? And that actually takes accountants to their core purpose of making sense of information, yeah. accounting information, for the business owners so they can guide them. And that's where CAS 2.0 is going towards. So make intelligence available to business owners, clients of accountants through the application of your expertise, experience, wisdom, education, resources, everything, so that you can advise your business clients on business decision-making, you know, uh, in terms of, whether they act on those advices and insights or not is a different story, but 
to make sure that you are telling the business owner, look, you know, here are the opportunities, here are the challenges. If I'm you, I would do this thing versus that thing. And here is my choice and why, you know, all that stuff. So more and more, you become almost like a C-level or a board executive for your business clients. And accounting is the platform or the foundation of all of that. And that's what CAS 2.0 is to the best of my understanding. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, there's a, so many ways I want to go here, uh, Indra. Um, but I, I think accounting has some of a branding problem. So I want to talk about the profession's uh, issue with uh, getting talent, recruiting talent. I know they're uh, the AICPA uh, study that they did saying, in the next 15 uh, years, three out of four CPAs will leave, be leaving the profession. There's mm-hmm. less people uh, taking um, the CPA exam, less people uh, becoming an accounting major. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you talk about this? Because I think I heard you sta- state on uh, one of those panels or a podcast that, you know, cast work, uh, doing FP&A is a year round um, job. So you're not worrying about tax season, right? Uh, and it's recurring revenue. Uh, mm-hmm. and it allows you to staff properly. Um, I, I always say uh, uh, Im- implementing holistic wealth management is also a year-round mm-hmm. uh, uh, proposition where you can mm-hmm. uh, have recurring revenue. That grows over time, and, and that's a, a little more different than just doing the numbers and plugging away. I, so I think mm-hmm. I want to have you talk about maybe you know, how the profession is viewed by the younger generation, how we can ha- kind of change that uh, mm-hmm. with showing what we can do in regards to providing uh, this analysis and this advice to, to, to clients, business owners, and personally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very interesting question, uh, Rory. And uh, I go back to, I don't know, 150 years back, you know, how the uh, definition of the word accountant and accounting came to be in the dictionaries. I have written to the big time dictionaries. You got to change that. Okay. That's not what. <laughs> we got to go to Merriam Webster and change that definition. <laughs> change that definition, right? At the same time, uh, I, I tell a lot of people that as long as there is government, accounting is going yeah, to yeah. be a business forever, right? And the bigger challenge has been uh, not because accounting is seen to be, you know, perceived to be a little boring kind of a profession, but it's because other professions have grown in leaps and bounds. You know, you have celebrity business uh, icons, Steve Jobs, the world, and Elon Musk. Meta, yeah, Twitter. They want to go work for the tech companies. I get it. (laughs) We we need celebrity accountants. But the bigger thing is uh, accounting has been a the top 20 most profitable professions Mm -hmm. in the country. And that's a fact that doesn't really get to notice so quickly. Uh, At the same time, uh, you're talking of accountants doing what they're doing versus what happens because of what accountants do. That impact can be life-changing. I can give you hundreds of examples. The one thing that comes to my mind real quick is there was a family in Maryland that had IRS notice of $263,000. They put their home on sale and the accountant went and, went and fought the IRS and brought down the penalty to $6,000. Now imagine the kind of life impact an accountant can have. Yeah? And there are plenty of these opportunities to make an impact on the lives of people when you are a professional accountant. So accounting as a word, seems pretty limited to accounting software 
and your balance sheet and tax return in financial statements, but it's much more than that. But at the same time, there is a challenge on the hand uh, as far as the profession is concerned in terms of how do you get people into the accounting profession more than uh, what you need. I was told there is a gap of 72,000 people. Uh, That is, you need 72,000 more accounting professionals coming in every year than what is coming in now. So there is a demand, but uh, people are not going towards it. And why, why, why is that? Right? And that's where the perception, the marketing of the profession, everything comes into picture. At the same time, maybe the profession itself uh, hasn't been uh, as proactive as it should have been in terms of the requirements, 150 hours of CP. And you know, you've got to put in a Our five- friend Blake Oliver screams it from the mountaintop. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, strangely, he's in the business of providing CPE, right? Right. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, yeah. don't do I it. I mean, <laughs> we are on earmark, so this will be on earmark. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was uh, you know, listening to one TV show and there was a celebrity judge, uh, uh, you know, kind of a lead actress uh, who's slim and trim and yeah. very much health conscious. And of all the things, she owns a restaurant. On the TV shows, she's saying, don't eat this, don't eat that. <laughs> and she's selling food. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> well, Susie Orman is is petitioning Congress for uh, doing um, some automated savings. And she has a technology she, that, that she owns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting, right? Uh, you know, um, for those out there that have a, a vested interest in, in making right. sure things uh, happen. Um, so and I always talk about, too, like, like for instance, McKinsey consulting firm, like I think their motto is something like we leverage experts to help build businesses and, and we're innovation and have innovation experience. Like we can probably take something from those consulting firms and apply it now to the accounting profession. Yeah. See, again, you know, you, you pick a very good point there or yeah. The foundation is the numbers, right? Numbers tell a story. Numbers is the language or accounting is the language of business. Uh, What gets measured gets done. We've heard it so many times. Ultimately, all that intelligence that comes through the numbers gets converted into this advisory and consulting, right? So it's it's a matter of the profession picking up those consulting nuances and multiply that to really offer it to even smaller clients. Because uh, the intelligence that comes through these analytics that these consulting firms do can be very, very expensive. It used to be, but at the same time, technology is really, really progressing. Small business doesn't require too much of analysis, but at the same time, something that can be life-changing for a small business, for example, a restaurant, you know, losing money in inventory compared to other restaurants of the same size. If there's a 3% difference, you know, why is that? Somebody can apply mind to that and figure out, look, you're buying something at uh, extra rates or additional And that rates. literally can put more food on the table for their family. Exactly true, right? So there is opportunity right there and technology does make it possible. And the more uh, the accountants become uh, these advisory hat wearing people, the more it will be useful for the clients as well as the profession. Yeah. All right, well, let's get the nuts and bolts here because... Uh, I know you talk about staffing for CAS. Um, so let's give some how-tos because mm-hmm. I know it's a unique skill set because you're working with regulatory compliance issues, but you also need those soft skills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are you seeing out there as far as having uh, firms uh, recruiting talent and, and hiring talent when it comes to CAS? Mm-hmm. 
uh, as I said, numbers tell a story, but numbers themselves don't tell the story. You know, <laughs> you need somebody to <laughs> someone needs to tell the story, <laughs> right? Okay, so uh, that's the one big skill uh, that you need. Uh, additionally, in, uh, in addition to you know understanding the numbers, uh, you need those communication skills. You need those interpersonal skills. You need, above all, I think, uh, from my perspective the ability to connect the dots the dots are in the minds of the business owners they have those fears those goals desires aspirations and th those are driving their business decisions whether they make those business decisions or don't make or miss out on making those business decisions and all of that action which is driven by those dots in their heads are reflected in the numbers. So if, if you are a great accountant, you connect those dots and explain that story to the business owner. Say, you look, you, you did this and that's why it worked out good. You possibly didn't do these two things and that's why these numbers are this. So what do you want to do? And those are the aha moments that uh, business owners require. And, uh, being a business owner is a very lonely job and you're making tons of decisions at the yes. same time. And you're also missing out on tons of decisions, which is where the accountant can go and fit in. You know, So yeah. those are the skills that definitely are very, very critical. I, I remember my first book, I sent a manuscript to one of my clients, an award-winning accountant uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, 10 years in a row. Uh, the best accountant in town. Mm -hmm. And he said, give me your feedback on this uh, book. Uh, he calls me two days later mm -hmm. and says, why are you making me think in terms of words? I'm a numbers guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's what it is. Numbers turned into words is very critically important. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, do we hire for that then? Are we looking for more of the soft skills, uh, you know, coming out of uh, college or, you know, or, or upskilling or, or, or reskilling our, our current um, employees. You know, what are you what are you advising the firms out there to do? See, CAS is a team game. You know, you will have people who will produce those results, people who will interpret, people who will apply mind on it, and you know, connect the dots and all that. So you don't really need every single person to understand the debits and credits, but of course you need some of those specialists on your CAS team, right? So as a team, if you look at uh, it, you can hire non-accounting graduates and teach them the processes. You don't need to teach them, you know, uh, the core basic T-sheet accounting and things like that. Right. But, but of course it's always good to understand uh, the core accounting. Basics. Software does a lot of it now. Uh, so you can hire and train on processes and even numbers to some extent. But uh, those people who are uh, great at talking, uh, great at expressing, great at giving analogies, for example, you know, those are the people who you need on your team, you know, on, on, on CAS. Yeah, maybe your next book could be the like an analogy book on how to sell CAS services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do give analogies through uh, chapters and my podcasts and my uh, articles. Many times I do, you know, include in the same paragraph, this is how you tell, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you talk about the optimum number of services in regards to CAS. I, I saw that you had a top five as well. And then there's a, another seven that's mm -hmm. additional. Can you talk about those top five and maybe those additional seven? Because I know there's financial planning in there. There's some uh, business valuation, succession planning. That goes mm -hmm. into kind of what we do with our holistic wealth management model, really doing that personal financial planning, that that wealth management advice, and, and maybe some of our M&A work that we help firms out with. Yeah. So accounting uh, by nature is a laws-driven profession. There are laws that govern every single thing in accounting, including taxes and all that. So somebody's got to do that, you know. 
So you have your write-up, bookkeeping, tax preparation, sales tax, uh, uh, core accounting, payroll. These are your top standard services that most accountants would offer because somebody's got to do that. And right. business owners are not accountants. So they can't really do every single thing uh, under as far as that is concerned. And on top of that, then you add things like your tax planning and tax advisory, right? Your CFO level services, where a CFO, if you went to hire a CFO, it would be too expensive for a small business. And hence they don't get that CFO level insight in their businesses. Whereas in an accounting firm with properly trained, experienced, uh, maybe partners, maybe managers can offer CFO services to 20, 30, 50 different businesses at the same time fractional or outsource CFO. Those are the kinds of things that are picking up uh, sales tax uh, filing, sales tax preparations, account payables, receivables management. So you're talking of moving money for your clients. Even that is getting a uh, very popular payroll uh, and uh, off late HR related services that are uh, getting bundled with uh, payroll. Those are becoming very popular. So if you look at it uh, in a holistic uh, way, Anything that a business needs to do other than that core business, let's say a restaurant, the restaurant's core business is putting food, uh, which is competitive in the marketplace, getting attracting clients. The rest, everything is management, right? So anything that's related to accounting related management that can be done by your accounting professionals, whereas your clients focus on the, their own core business, you know? So that is where uh, it goes to. So those are the services that are coming. And off late, again, you'll see uh, as times go by, you have technology advisory, you have cybersecurity advisory, right? And then you go into audits and things like that, you know, cryptocurrency advisory. <laughs> All sorts of things are coming up, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think this is the greatest. I think we're in a golden age for this profession, Hytindra. When you start seeing private equity now getting involved and they yeah. see the ability to, to offer these diversified services and then sell uh, through uh, to the small and medium-sized businesses, it's just a tremendous opportunity. Can you touch on this private equity getting involved in the space? I know you know you worked with technology companies. Do you see this as evolving here and in, in the MA going involved in, in regards to private equity? Yeah, so interestingly, uh, private equity investing in accounting firms wasn't really unheard of, but it's happening more frequently. Yeah. And the very fact is the private equity obviously looks for return on their money. And if they don't see a return on their money, they're not going to invest. Oh, this is standard, normal strategy. So yeah. where are they seeing the money that maybe the accounting firms themselves are not seeing, right? <laughs> so that money is in the book of business, the yeah. connections you have. You look at uh, it this way. Let's say you're an accounting firm, you have 200 business clients for whom you do accounting. You may have 500 business tax clients for whom you do business tax returns every year. So now you take those total 700 businesses, Let's say each business has 20, 30, 40 vendors, mm -hmm. 50, 100 customers. Yeah. Now you start multiplying 70, 700. <laughs> <laughs> right now you see your span of fact, uh, uh, right? And then you're also talking of people. You know, yeah. those 700 businesses times 40 vendors times 100 customers times, let's say, 10. Uh, employees, <laughs> right, and their family. So your yeah. reach is exp expansive when you consider accountant or accounting firm to be the center of that universe. Yeah. And the PE firms are investing in that center of the universe. 
Yeah. It's called the network of network effects. Yep. And there's nobody better than exploiting that other than this <laughs> capital P firms. You know? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I'm fascinated by how this is going to unfold here, Itindra. Um, you know, I see that there's going to be probably a lot of activity going on uh, in technology now advancing. You, know, you can sell cybersecurity, you can sell HR, you can sell you know, through all those small and medium-sized businesses and then sell to those clients. You know, I think it's uh, going to be some interesting times here. Uh, in our podcast, we always say, don't fight the robots, team up with them. That's <laughs> part of our tagline um, in our podcast. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what goes on. All right, hi, Tindra. I know you always say that uh, accounting is not a, a services business, it's a knowledge business, mm-hmm. uh, and we're selling a knowledge. Can you kind of talk about that? Sure. Uh, if you look at uh, why accountants' clients come to them, is one simple reason that the client doesn't know how an accountant does that. So you can go and talk, for example, uh, one of uh, my favorite accountants down in uh, uh, California, you know, he would begin his sales pitch to new prospects saying, do you have a swimming pool, Mr. Business Owner? Yes, I do. Do you want Uncle Sam to pay for it? Really? How? And he'll say, that's why I charge you. I'm not going to tell you the how. That's the knowledge. That's the intricate knowledge of your tax laws and how they apply to your business situations. And the more you're in business as an accountant, the more knowledge you gain, you're already studying 150 hours of CPs again. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you're looking at possibly 200 different technology solutions over the Mm -hmm. year. There's so much noise and you're cutting through that clutter to gather all of that knowledge in your head and apply that to the right situation at the right time. And that knowledge is not easy to gain for anybody else other than these accounting professionals, right? That's why we shouldn't sell our time, right? Yeah, exactly. You're not selling your time. You're selling uh, your knowledge on how to do things. You can tell the what. Your website can tell every single thing that you do, uh, but you don't tell the how because that how is not easy to explain. Yeah. How do I I tell a business owner how did I figure out that you know, he's going to lose money two years down the line if he continued a particular product line? Right? That's a lot of uh, crunching in my head yeah. to figure out that thing. That's, that's all knowledge. Gut feel is essentially knowledge applied to a million situations mm-hmm. at a rapid speed. You can't explain that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I know you talked about it, it being an impact business as well. Could you yeah. talk to our audience about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing. So what, what do customers buy? Right? They don't buy your product or a service. Typically, they, if you go like one level deeper, they buy it because uh, they can do something with it. Okay? Mm-hmm. But that uh, typical example of why does uh, somebody go and buy a drill machine to put a hole in the wall? So, you know, they don't buy the hole. They, they, they're not buying the drill machine for that. They're drilling that hole to hang something there. So what is that they're going, they're going to hang? So they're going to hang a picture of their son or daughter. So, but that's not the end also. It's not, okay, you're hanging a picture, that's it, that's the end result. No, the end result is while I'm working, I look up and I feel good about it. That's yeah, the yeah. feeling that I'm buying possibly. Now you look at the drill machine versus the feeling. Now you apply that to accounting profession. So you're producing, let's say a balance sheet. The balance sheet is a product that you deliver so that you get paid your fees. But that's not what they're buying. Why are they buying that? The one is, of course, you know, am I balanced? 
my records are clean. IRS not going to go after yeah. me. That's a peace of mind. <laughs> mind. Peace of mind right? yeah. That's the first thing at the base level, right? But at the same time, what do I do with that? With the balance sheet, I don't understand debit credits as a business owner who's never studied accounting. Mm-hmm. So if my accountant tells me, here is what I should do, and that I should do or I should not do has an impact on my future, whether I make more money, whether I save more money, all of that is an impact thing. So ultimately, whatever you do, if it doesn't have an impact on your client's business or life, then you're missing something, right? So that is why I say it's an impact business yeah. and not a service delivery business. Yeah. yeah and on the wealth management side, I, I talked about this on the podcast. There's a stat out there that says that clients will, uh, uh, over 70% of the clients will enact less than 20% of a, a financial advisors' recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're having a problem actually uh, having our clients implement uh, what we're, we're providing them in a plan. And this goes to what we're doing is re- in regards to behavioral finance and, and mm-hmm. value-based planning, or they say more so than age, more so than income, uh, more so than gender. It's a person's view mm-hmm. of their future self that drives their savings. So if you mm-hmm. can paint a picture, a visual uh, of, a, of, a, of a future, of mm-hmm. what their house will look like in 10 years, uh, you know, what their family yeah. will look like, um, they'll have that vivid picture and they're more likely to save mm-hmm. um, to reach that goal uh, yeah. because they value uh, spending time with their family uh, at a nice house. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm always fascinated why it's more than just the numbers, more than just the plan. Mm-hmm. It's the why and what kind of value are they getting out of, uh, of that service? Well, absolutely. You're very, very right there. So when, uh, for example, in the accounting profession, if I say, okay, go and suggest and recommend actions, that's your advice. And you tell the why, why are you advising versus some advising something else, right? But your job is not complete there. Uh, If the business owner thinks, yeah, that's a great piece of advice. I think it's very important for me, but I just don't know how to implement it, right? So now you got to go one step further, one step deeper and say, you know, if you think this is something that you want to commit to because it's important for you, if you want to know how to get this done, okay, I'm very much willing to, you know, kind of guide you on that as well. So you go on that. Here are the three steps that you take to implement this right? and things like that. So it is very important. Unless people visualize what's happening, their current comfort zone can make them stay where they are. And saying, thank you. That was a good advice. Thank you for thinking <laughs> of me. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. it's back going back to that story, right? If we're visual people, we're stored, yeah. we're, you know, it goes yeah. back to Joseph Campbell, right? Yeah. And it really, uh, in building that story. So I think it's uh, for CPAs out there, for wealth managers, for mm-hmm. advisors, it's really creating that story and communicating that story. So mm-hmm. it, it actually has an impact, going back to what you say, has an right. impact for them to take action and fulfill yeah. what they need to do to, to reach their goals. Absolutely, yes. So, and that happens in, in my own personal case as well. Uh, although I may not ever know how many people are reading what I'm writing and <laughs> you know, listening to, but I do get uh, feedbacks. All of a sudden, somebody would write, hey, I'm a small firm. Uh, you know, I bought your book and I'm just you know, three-fourths of the way through the book and I already see lots of action points. I wish I had bought the book earlier. I wouldn't have had to struggle with such a trial and error. Yeah. Right? So that's an impact that's that's happening, you know, and uh, you never know. You know, you might think, oh, this is routine. I tell this to two hundred clients every single month, <laughs> but there one person whose life and world changes. Uh, that's the impact that you want, you know. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of impact here, uh, let's put on uh, our future hat. Can you talk mm -hmm. about maybe what's what you see coming uh, up for the profession um, in regards to technology and, and where you see this moving? Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, I had one little uh, caricature cartoon uh, that I <laughs> don't even remember the name of the software. It was like an accountant uh, in his office, a customer comes to the accountant and says, hey, here is uh, what IRS prepared as my tax return. Yeah, IRS prepared my tax return. Can you tell me, it, is it correct or wrong? And the guy spends 20 minutes on it and says, it is all correct. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, that will be $4,000, my fees. <laughs> right. yeah. So what I'm getting at is when technology does more and more things, it's not going to do every single thing. And obviously we are busy because of technology more than ever before. Uh, but going in, in future, the, uh, the future is going to turn towards more of those uh, action-oriented discussions that you will have with your clients. It could be any single thing, right, from investments to long-term planning to which business segments, which business segments are lateral to your business or industry and things like that. And then you're talking of things opening up, just like, you know, HR or cybersecurity of all the things, cryptocurrency, accounting, who could have thought of all of those things in the past, right? So yeah. more lateral, nearby, adjacent professions could start integrating with accounting. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big believer in a winner-take-all world here, Hatendra. So if you yeah. had a look at banks, uh, you know, financial advisors, accounting mm -hmm. firms, I think the accounting firms are uniquely positioned to really take on that mantle, that flywheel, to yeah. provide all these services, you know, advising those businesses. I don't see a lot of wealth managers getting into the CPA and accounting game <laughs> in regards to maybe buying their practice and offering them wealth management services. But I think that valuable advice, maybe that 150 hours is very valuable because it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a detriment to people not maybe getting into it. So I think those out there that are in the profession, look, you can offer all these services, CAS, right? The cybersecurity, the, the, the HR, uh, the wealth management, um, you know, the insurance, all this stuff. I think it's a great time to, uh, to be in the profession. Yeah, I think time to redefine why the CPE has to be taken. It should not be taken for being in the accounting and business to do financial statements only or doing your bookkeeping only yeah. and, and things like that. You should say, okay, uh, wealth manager uh, is certified only if he has 150 hours of CPEs. The rest anybody can do accounting, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was been an eventful and fun uh, conversation here, Hi Tindra. Uh, if people want to follow you, I know there's, you're on CPA Trendlines, or you know yeah. they want to reach out to you. What's the best way to do so? Best way is get on LinkedIn. Uh, that's my biggest door. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got to you. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Correct. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll put all the information in the show notes. And I, look, we're going to have you back on here sure. uh, in the future. We got to always have these discussions. Sure, absolutely. Thank you for uh, reaching out to me and thank you for the opportunity. And I hope it makes a bit of a sense to your audience. Yeah, we'll get some CPE credit in here too as well. <laughs> Thanks, Nitendra. Thank you. Bye-bye. All opinions expressed by Rob Santos and Rory Henry on this website podcast interview are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Arrowroot Family Office LLC or their parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by anyone as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of their opinions. Past performance is not indicative of future results.